At Bet365, we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more... Right now, you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger. Fresh for everyone. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. This is the New York City Cast with Will Hill, presented by Bet Rivers. Welcome to the New York City Cast, presented by Bet River Sportsbook, a Thursday show for you. Katie Sharp of Baseball Reference will join us. We will talk some Yankees, some trade deadlines, some NL East race. So looking forward to talking to Katie. Uh, there's been a big shift in one of the local markets in terms of the baseball team. So we'll get to that. Uh, and we'll start here with baseball. Yankees in action in Fenway taking on the Red Sox. Mets hosting the Marlins. Uh, it's funny. The Yankees, you know, the, halfway through the season here, and they've only played the Red Sox three times, and it feels like it was so long ago because it was so long ago. I mean, it was the beginning of April, those first three games, the Yankees uh, played at home against Boston. Remember opening day that Friday afternoon? Cole got rocked early on. The Yanks came back to win, win Saturday, and then lost Sunday, and they haven't seen each other since. So just an odd scheduling quirk where we're halfway through the season, and the Yankees and Red Sox have only played three times. The Mets and the Braves have only played three times. So we're going to see a backloaded schedule here in terms of the rivals with the Yanks and the Red Sox. The Mets and the Braves seen a lot of each other over the summer and into the early fall here. Uh, but it's just it's not that typical Yankees-Red Sox rivalry. It's not that typical field just because the Yankees are so far out in front. Boston lost again yesterday. Used, uh, Yankees won again yesterday. So, I mean, the, the idea of even bringing up the division race and those odds um, is just a waste of time. The Yankees are going to win the division. Minus 2,000 here at Bet Rivers. We told you at minus 300, minus 1,000, even minus 1,600. Hey, they're going to win the division if you can afford it. Just you know, throw some money down because it's free money. Uh, so it's not that rivalry. I mean, in past years, last year they, they met up and they were competing both on the fringe of the division race and uh, competing for a wild card spot. 
and it ended up mattering because Boston and the Yankees finished with the exact same record. Boston beat them head to head, and that one game wild card was in Fenway instead of Yankee Stadium, where of course the Red Sox won and went on to the ALCS. Uh, in years past, they, they've had close division races. It's been a two-team race a lot of times. Not the case anymore. So, uh, not not the same intensity. Now, maybe these teams meet again in the playoffs. It's not impossible. Red Sox have played really well here. Red Sox are getting healthier too. Sounds like Eovaldi's pretty close to coming back. Sale, who threw a little temper tantrum after his rehab, rehab game last night, seems like he's pretty close to coming back. Uh, who knows? James Paxton, former Yankee, he's rehabbing. He was kind of an underrated offseason signing. Now, he never pitches. He's always hurt. But Red Sox are getting healthier here. They've played better. So uh, the line tonight, Yankees minus 167. The total is 9. I'm okay laying it here with Cole. I think Cole going to Fenway with something to prove after getting rocked in there in the playoff game last year. People saying he can't pitch in Boston. He's not a big game pitcher. And Boston hit him hard a couple times last year. Hit him hard in the middle of the season. He struggled really against the Red Sox last year. Uh, I think Cole will come in here with a chip on his shoulder, something to prove. Yankees should hit in Fenway. Yankees always hit in Fenway. It's a good hitter's park, especially for right-handed hitters with Judge and with Stanton, uh, Torres. So the Yankees, I think this is a good matchup for them. I will lay the minus 167 here with the Yankees over the Red Sox as we get four games of Yankees-Red Sox this weekend. Those games are always fun. It really doesn't matter what the standings are. It takes a little of the intensity out, but look, Yankees-Red Sox in Fenway. Uh, that's a lot of fun, so I'll look forward to that. And then the Yankees play the Reds, and then they play Boston again before the All-Star break. So uh, Yankees, Red Sox this weekend should be a lot of fun. I like the Yankees tonight, minus the 167. The Mets, a huge win last night. And when I say the odds have shifted, boy, they would have shifted even more here if the Mets did not come back and win last night. Marte gets a big hit, trailed pretty much the whole game, tied up 3-3, go on to win it 8-3. Boy, that was a bad beat if you had the under 10, 10 and a half, because it's 3-2 in the bottom of the ninth, one out. Uh, nobody on top of the ninth, I should say. 3-2, top of the ninth, one out, nobody on. So you're sitting there, all right, you're two outs away. Nobody's on base. There's five runs been scored in the game. All early on in the game, nobody has scored forever. You have under 10. You're okay, right? Well, Mets tie it, 3-3, put up a five spot in the 10th, and boom, it's 8-3, to and your over cashes, your under loses. Just a, a crazy way to lose it. But now at Bet Rivers... The NL East odds have certainly tightened up. The Mets were minus 450 at one point. They are down to, it's basically a pick. Mets minus 141. Braves plus 120. Braves won again last night. Braves play tonight. Strider, the rookie sensation, is going against Libertor. Uh, Mets get the Marlins for four. Castano going against Trevor Williams. Mets are also minus 167, just like the Yankees. Total is eight and a half. I would actually lean towards the Marlins plus one and a half. I can't lay this kind of number with Trevor Williams. Trevor Williams is not a good pitcher. Once the Mets get all their ducks in a row in terms of their pitchers being healthy with Bassett back, Scherzer stabilized, the ground back, back Williams will either be in the liners or be in the bullpen. Uh, and he's done okay, but this is just, he's not a great pitcher, and I can't lay this kind of number with him. So get the Marlins plus one and a half, minus 135. That would be the bet there. Scherzer is now going to pitch Monday. His normal rest would put him Sunday against the Marlins. He's They're going to push him back Monday, so he pitches against the Braves. Now, Showalter is very adamant that, hey, this is not to, to line him up with the Braves. We don't sort of orchestrate our pitching that way. It backfires on you. We don't do things that way. That's not how we do it. It's just to give him extra rest. Uh, I think it, you don't want to give the Marlins bulletin board material that you know, you're skipping over him against the Marlins because it's a weaker opponent and the Braves are more important. So I think that's what that's about. I think... Yeah, look, is part of it the rest? Maybe. Coming off the injury, maybe. But he pitched on normal rest the other two times from rehab start to rehab start to his first start back against Cincinnati. 
He pitched on normal rest all throughout that. So now you're going to give him the extra day. Uh, I just think it, look, it, it's not a, it's not surprising you pitch him against the Braves, and it's not surprising you kind of lie about it and say, hey, we, we're not doing it that way. We respect the Marlins. The Marlins have played well, which they have. Uh, so you don't want to give them bulletin board material. You know, you don't want to make it seem like you're orchestrating your pitching, but I think that's what the Mets are doing. And I think it's smart to have Scherzer against the Braves. That's a huge series. Atlanta's red hot. They seem to win every night. They get the Nationals tonight. Uh, they get the Nationals tomorrow after they're done with the Cardinals. They get the Nationals again next week. So we're in for a pennant race. I mean, it's it's a two-and-a-half game lead. It's three in the loss column. It was very close. You were a couple outs away from being a one, having a one-and-a-half game lead. And this thing was ten-and-a-half not that long ago. And, boy, you think you're blowing a ten-and-a-half game lead. You want to kill the Mets and say, how can you blow that kind of lead? It's not even the Mets' fault. The Mets win series after series after series. The Mets have played pretty well here. The Mets are 51-31 and 31 on pace to win 101, 102 games here. The Mets have been fine. It's just Atlanta has been red hot. Great pitching, great offense, just getting it from everywhere. They're starting to get healthier, too. They get Rosario back. They get the reliever back. So we're in for a long pennant race. Mets will make a move. Braves will make a move. They're, they're going to trade for guys. It's just it's going to be a lot of fun. It's going to be back and forth. They're going to play each other. Um, like I've given out the Mets here to win the division. I've given out the Braves. So as of now, boy. It's really tough. It's, I think it's going to come down to the last weekend of the season. I wouldn't make a bet on it. I really wouldn't. I guess if I, I think the Mets are going to win, but I think it's so close. If you're getting plus one twenty, if you're getting if I'm calling it a coin flip and you're getting plus one twenty, I guess the the plus one twenty is the value. But uh, I think the Mets win. I think they win a photo finish. I think it's going to be a great race, back and forth, fun games, intense games, and hey, it's not impossible they turn around, they play each other again in the playoffs. So. Uh, here's another thing to keep an eye on. If the Dodgers finish with the best record, and who, let's just say the Mets win the, have the second best record, whoever wins the NL East, let's say they have the second best record, they're going to have an advantage here because they play the they're going to play the NL Central in round one of the division series, while the Dodgers are probably going to play the loser of the NL East, the second place finisher of the, finisher of the NL East. Like say the Braves come in second and they win their their best two out of three. So it would be Braves, Dodgers in round one. Same thing if the Mets come in second. If the Mets win their their first uh, playoff series, we're looking at Dodgers, Mets first round. So uh, it's an advantage to win the division. It's a huge advantage because you don't have to play that best two out of three, and it's a big advantage I think to be the two seed instead of the one. Uh, obviously, you're going to avoid the Dodgers, but you're going to avoid the NL East loser. If you're uh, the Mets or the Braves here, and you're going to play Milwaukee probably instead. Whoever comes out of the NL Central is not as good as either the Mets or the Braves. So something to keep an eye on. Uh, Dodgers have been red hot here. The Dodgers uh, are at, pulling away here in the NL West. They've got a big lead over the Padres now. Big favorites. They're going to win that NL West. So a lot of fun. Pennant race baseball. Mets and Braves around the corner here starting Monday. Mets get the Marlins for four. Yankees get Boston for four. So should be a lot of fun. The picks for tonight. Yankees minus 167. Marlins plus one and a half. Uh, before we get to Katie Sharp, just going to touch on Durant. Probably not going to talk about it every day, but looking more and more like the Nets calling around, not finding anything they like, and saying, you know what? We're better off just keeping him. He really doesn't have any recourse here other than to be unhappy, to complain. Eventually, whatever he's upset about, we can work it out. He can complain about it. We'll get over it. It's just, it, it's not going to be a situation where the Nets cave and just trade him just to trade him. I mean, th this is a team that doesn't have their picks, they're all going to Houston. 
I shouldn't say they're all going to Houston because some of them are pick swaps. So Houston will still be bad this year. So you at least get a pick this year. It's not like you lose all your picks, but some of them go directly to Houston. Some of them are pick swaps where Houston gets the better of the Nets Rockets pick. So uh, the Nets are not incentivized to tank here, where if you were going to trade Durant in a normal situation and you had all your picks, you could say, you know what? All right, we'll trade them. We'll get young players. We'll get picks. We'll be bad for three, two or three years. We'll get high picks and we'll, we'll rebuild organically through the draft. Can't really do that if you're the Nets. So I just think all of that combined with the Gobert trade, combined with just the landscape of the lead. I mean, you, you look around the league, if you're going to trade Durant, you want an all-star who's ideally 23, 24 or under, maybe 25 or under. There's just not a lot of those guys on winning teams where Durant's going to want to go there uh, and, and you get a, a natural trade partner between Durant, the Nets, and you know whoever you would deal him to. So I think he stays. Now, does Kyrie stay too? I guess it's possible. I guess it's possible. I mean, this is still one of the five best teams in the league, I would think, if they uh, return everybody. I mean, you, you get something out of Simmons. It's not impossible that... You know, Simmons, Durant, Kyrie, Curry, get Joe Harris back. That's a good team. Claxton, they signed TJ Warren. So uh, it's not a league here where you have a dominant team and you look at the landscape of the league for the Nets and say, well, we're nowhere near that team. Nets are really good. Nets might be uh, – I thought they were overvalued last year. They were the favorite pretty much all year. I think they're being way undervalued. They are 28-1 to 1 now at Bet Rivers. We saw them 40-1 to 1 the other day. I thought that number was crazy. Down to 28-1. to 1. I think that number is going to keep dropping here as it looks more and more like Durant's going to stay, at least for the time being. And you could say for the time being, but why would the Nets, if they bring Durant back and they bring Kyrie back, what, you're going to get into the middle of October, November, and have a good record to be, you know, 11-4, and 20-8, and eight, and then want to trade him? No, you're not. You're just going to keep him. You're going to try to win a championship. And if he wants out next year and a trade makes sense, maybe you look at it, but... Uh, I think if you're the Nets here, you just let this thing blow over. So if you haven't bet it yet, I think 28 to 1 is still a great price here on the Nets. I don't think Durant's going to be traded, and I'm not sure Kyrie Irving's going to be traded. So that's the baseball. That's the NBA. Coming up next, Katie Sharp. Who will the Yankees trade for? Who should they trade for? Who needs to go to the bench? That and much more. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook. BetRivers Online Sportsbook invites you to add some variety to your baseball bets with new same-game parlays. Every game this baseball season, you can combine game bets and player props to create your perfect BetRivers combination. Whether you're looking to increase your payouts on favorites or make your own long shot, you can add a little extra spice to your game with same-game parlays at BetRivers Online Sportsbook. Download the BetRivers Sportsbook app and make your baseball same-game parlays today. Must be 21 or older. Available in New York only. Void where prohibited. Gambling problem? Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. All right, we are back. New York City cast, Bet River Sportsbook. Let's talk a little baseball. Somebody I've wanted to have on for a while. Somebody I'm a huge fan of. A must-follow on Twitter. She is the customer success manager at Baseball Reference. It is Katie Sharp. Katie, what's up? Thank you so much for coming on. Thanks so much for having me. I'm, I'm really excited to be here. Uh, we'll start here with the Yankees, and it's, it's funny. I mean, the record is so good, so it sounds like we're spoiled or greedy to sit here and nitpick at them, but I think we've seen over the past couple weeks uh, some flaws here with the lineup. Um, the, the trade deadline's a few weeks away. What sort of players here would you target? What sort of players do you expect them to target here in the next few weeks? 
Now, I think that the obvious need is some sort of, you know, outfielder, left fielder, preferably a lefty or a switch hitter. I um, mean, if you're looking at offensive production and, and positional rankings um, among all the teams in Major League Baseball, that's clearly their worst one. They rank 24th. Uh, their left fielders rank 24th in OPS in Major League Baseball. Um, and obviously, a lot of that is Gallo. <laughs> we know Gallo, both Gallo and Hicks, who have really struggled offensively this season. It's very been extremely disappointing. So I would anticipate that they're gonna, you know, that they're gonna target somebody like a uh, an Ian Happ, um, who seems to be probably would be the probably the best person that they could target with his positional versatility um, and his ability to hit for power, um, you know, get on base. Also, Andrew Benintendi, I see as a, a prime contender prime target, uh, maybe David Peralta or Anthony Santander uh, Tar from uh, from the Orioles. Um, and then other than that, you know, um, Isaiah Kiner-Falefa has been obviously a, sort of a black hole in the lineup as well at shortstop. Um, they rank 23rd in OPS among short, uh, at shortstop among all MLB teams. Um, but, you know, he does play above average defensively if you look at defensive runs saved. And the Yankees, for some reason, they still do seem to really like him. They run him out there almost every day at shortstop. Um, and they do have some, some, good, uh, some good options in AAA, I think, that they could bring up if he gets injured or if they need some sort of backup or, you know, they want to, they want to, you know, kind of get a different, get, get a different look at shortstop. So I don't really see them targeting anybody there in the infield. And then there's always a need for a, another bullpen arm. I mean, they've had some injuries this year um, and you don't know how these guys are, are going to perform in the second half and bullpen arms can be pretty volatile. So you can always, uh, it's always a good bet that they're going to pick up uh, somebody to help out with the bullpen. Well, you, you basically, for, for the listeners, you heard Katie say everything I've been saying for the past two or three weeks. It's the same name, same sort of uh, people that you, you want in, same people you want out. I guess my question would be, I think we'll get one bat, one bullpen guy. Do you think they would get two? It's been their way here to be conservative with their, whether it's prospects, money. They're not, it's not the old Yankees with George where they just go out and get everybody. Do you <laughs> think they would get a second bat or that's probably unlikely here? I think it's, I think it's unlikely. Um, just because, I mean, they do have such an enormous cushion right now. I mean, I, I think they're at about like a 13 game lead in the division. Um, and, you know, obviously the best record in baseball. And I just can't see them spending the capital to go out and get another bat um, when they do have some good options. I mean, Marwin Gonzalez, he's he's been great since June 1st. He's hitting a 298 with a 340 on base. 575 slugging. Uh, we know what carpenter we know what carpenter carpenter can do off the bench. Um, his power is ridiculous right now. Um, so I just I don't see real I don't really see the need for a second bat. Um, but definitely they do need to do something to address that left field that hole in left field. Yeah, Carpenter, I think he's gone from the point where it's a fun story, a good story. He was out of baseball pretty much or not getting any playing time. He's got the mustache. Fans like him. <laughs> it's no longer a good story. I mean, it's a it's a situation now where he's kind of forcing the Yankees' hand to get more bats. He's killing right-handed pitching. Uh, Donaldson's not producing. Like you mentioned, Kiner Falefa's mm -hmm. not producing. You don't want to sacrifice the defense because the pitching's been so good. But uh, at what point here do you have to get Carpenter more at-bats? Oh, I think you definitely do. You have to even give him a chance. I mean, he is a proven he's he's a proven veteran, right? I mean, he is a three-time All-Star. He does have that talent. It was um he, it was just lost for a couple of years, and that happens. Um, and he obviously rediscovered something with his swing um, in the offseason and really worked on it in AAA earlier, you know, in April and May. Um, so I think that you have to give him a chance and ride this wave. Um, you know, he's going to be he's. 
he's not any good sitting on the bench right now um, with, with the way that, you know, the way that he's hitting and the way that, that he's producing. So I think that they definitely need to give him a chance. They did play him in the outfield. I believe it was a couple of games ago just to, to kind of get his feet wet there. So um, I think that, I think we are going to see a little bit more Matt Carpenter, um, whether it's a late game, uh, you know, pinch hitting or even, you know, starting more games in the infield. Yeah, I, I totally agree with you. And you sort of hit on my next question is, hey, if you're going to give him more at bats, you got to take away somebody's at bats. You got to play him somewhere. Uh, he's perfect because the Yankees need another lefty bat. You always want that in Yankee Stadium. Mm -hmm. they're, they're still a little too right handed heavy. Uh, who's at bats are you taking away here? Well, you have to take away Gallo. Um, and obviously, and I, I was shocked when I looked this up. It's not just this season that Gallo has been terrible uh, since they got him. And I know batting average isn't the greatest uh, statistic, but still, he has a 165 batting average in 124 games with this team, with the with the Yankees. And if you look at every single player who has played a, at least you know 124 games with the Yankees, their first 124 games, he has the worst batting average by any non-pitcher in their first 124 games with the Yankees. That 165 batting average. Um, he also has 175 strikeouts, which not surprisingly is the most by any Yankee in their first 124 games with the franchise. So this was clearly a terrible acquisition by Cashman. Um, he makes, he does make a few mistakes and this was definitely one of them. And um, his at-bats have to be reduced uh, in the second half of the season. Katie, you can't just give out stats like that without a warning. You need some viewer discretion advice. You need some, I mean, people might be trying to eat their lunch or something. I mean, those stats, it's so bad. And I agree. It's been awful. You got to do something about it. And I can't even, I've been hard on Cashman and other things. If you look at what he did in Texas, and then you put him in a good lineup with judge Stanton, Yankee stadium. I don't know. Was Let me ask you, was there any way to see this coming here with Gallo for him be, to be this bad? I don't think so. Um, and I really, you know, I don't really have an explanation for it. Um, at least last year he was, you know, hitting for a little bit more power. He was getting on base a little bit more. Um, but this year, both of those have completely collapsed. I think it's a, I, at this point, I think it is probably 75% mental. Um, and you know, maybe New York isn't, and like, we like, we always yeah. like to say New York isn't for everyone. Um, and I think that he was very comfortable in Texas. I mean, it was just, you know, they weren't very good and he could kind of just do his thing there. And then when he got into the spotlight, I hate to say it, but he seems to have wilted under the pressure, even dropping him to ninth in the lineup hasn't really done anything. Um, so at this point, I think that he, he has to become a, uh, you know, not even a part-time player. I think that he has to become a, you know, once a week player or something like that. Yeah. I agree with everything you said. And I, I've, danced around it because I don't want to be insensitive, but I know he has some, mm -hmm. let's just say he's very routine based. And, and I think the mental aspect of it, let's just leave it at that is probably something where that's, you know, an issue here where in, in Texas, like you said, he's comfortable. He comes to New York bright lights and uh, it just, it, it hasn't gone well for whatever reason. And maybe you can flip him somewhere else and he'll turn his career. If you put him in Pittsburgh or, you know, Milwaukee or somewhere else, he can you know revitalize his career. But uh, I think at this point, it's a large enough sample where it's just, it, it's not working out. Yeah, I mean, I'd love to see him thrive somewhere else. He's a great guy. And from everything, you know, that I've, I've heard and read, he's a great clubhouse guy. So certainly can see him uh, doing, you know, doing well in other places. Donaldson has been a disappointment, too. I mean, we can't we can't cut all these guys. There's four, I mean, but there's three or four of them. I mean, Trevino's bats cooled yeah. off. Donaldson, Kiner Flaif. I mean, you can't trade half the team. I mean, from the sounds of us right now, it sounds like they're 20 games under 500 instead of like a million games over. But uh, he's another guy who hasn't produced. You just sort of hope he turns it around here. I mean, it just it's hard because him, Hicks, 
Gallo, Kiner Falefa. You get it works in the middle of the season, but when you get in the postseason against Houston, like we saw a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. uh, it's just I don't know. I worry that you can, can't carry this many weak bats into a postseason. It is truly amazing that we are talking about, you know, one of probably the 10 best teams to ever start a season uh, over the last 100 years. And and they have so many black holes or or so many, you know, like little things like this. But but yeah, I mean, I think that you do let Donaldson kind of play it out. Um, he does have a little bit longer of a track record um, than, some, than a lot of the other players. And he does play very good defense. I mean, you cannot deny that he's one of probably one of the top defensive th- third basemen um, in the league right now. Um, so I don't see his, his role being reduced that much. Um, I think they're doing a good job of, you know, giving him DH days and third base, you know, kind of switching that on and off. Um, so I really, I, you know, maybe you, maybe you play DJ a little bit more, but he's DJ's playing a lot, right. You know, recently. Um, so I think that you kind of just ride it out with Donaldson and hope that he can regain his swing and, and just at least increase that OBP, you know, take some more walks. Give me one number. How many games do you think they end up winning? Um, I think that they're going to slow. I mean, obviously, I think that they have such a big cushion in the division race right now that, you know, they're going to they're going to start to rest guys um, in August and, and obviously in September down the stretch. I can maybe see 108 wins um, for them. Uh, obviously, that would be short of a record, but still, I could easily see them winning. That's still going to win them the AL East, and it's still going to get them the number one seed, hope you know, likely uh, in the AL. So Houston's catching up, only four back in the loss, which I haven't been doing a great job mm-hmm. of keeping an yeah. eye on. I was just saying, you know what? There are all these games up front. It's over. These games don't matter. But you look up, it's four in the loss column. And, you know, we've seen in past postseasons, Houston winning game seven at home where 2017 home field served, you know, held up throughout. Home teams went seven and oh. 2019, mm-hmm. they got walked off in Houston. So you do want to be the ones here, to, here if you're the Yankees, which I haven't really been keeping an eye on until these last two days. Yeah, and I mean, I sort if if it's in play, if the one seed is is in play at the end of the season, now the Yankees are going to go for it. They're not stupid. They're not stupid like that. They know how important that is, that home field advantage is, and how important you know Yankee Stadium is. And the fans have been terrific this season. Been out just ridiculously good. Um, so yeah, if and if it does get to that point, you know, maybe maybe it is 110, um, but 116. Wow, that's that would be quite an achievement. Yeah, I mean, I've been saying 110, 112 just as a ballpark mm-hmm. figure. Uh, but my next thing is, look, when you win 110, 112 games, you haven't been to a World Series in 12 years. Obviously, you haven't won a World Series in 12 years. It's hard to hard to win it when you don't get there. Uh, I've been on this idea. If you win this many games, there becomes a lot of pressure on you in October to at least get to a World Series. Uh, if you lost to the Dodgers in six or seven games in the World mm-hmm. Series, you know what? You can live with it. But if you lost in the first round to, to the White Sox or something after winning this many games, that's a bad look. Do you buy this idea that there's a ton of pressure on them winning this many games come October? Oh, absolutely. I mean, there's no doubt about it. When they have, when you're off to such a historic start that the Yankees are, um, and I looked at, you know, the Yankees conveniently, they threw Wednesday morning when we're taping this, they've played uh, 81 games, right? So half a season. And I looked at all the teams since the schedule expanded to 162 games. That was uh, back in the early 60s. Only three other teams have won at least 58 of their first 100, first 81 games. That would be the 98 Yankees, the 2001 Mariners, and the 1970 Reds, right? Um, so this is this is truly like one of the best starts that we've seen in the last 50, 60 years. Um, now only the 98 Yankees won the World Series of those three other teams, right? 
So it does go back to, you know, the notion that the playoffs really are, they're a different beast, but certainly um, the Yankees have to make the World Series. And, and you also want to look at the fact that, you know, Judge is going to be a free agent at the end of the season. Tyone is going to be a free agent. Um, most of their core is on the wrong side of 30. Look at Stanton, Rizzo, Hicks. They're going to be 33 next season. DJ is going to be 34 next season. Um, so this, this, there is so much pressure on this team to, to get to, to at least get to the World Series, if not win it. Yeah, you, you answered that nicely, nicer than Bill James. I had Bill James on a couple of weeks ago and asked him the same question. He basically said I was stupid for asking it. And he's like, there's always pressure on baseball players to win, which, look, I respect differing opinions. I guess he's got a point, but, uh, and maybe the fans feel it more than the players do. Maybe the players don't care, but I, I, I agree. I think there's a ton of pressure come October to at least get to a World Series. And boy, if you ever lost that, that you know, it makes it tricky that best of five in the first round is just such a crapshoot. You know, you lose the first game and, and right there you're on the rope. So, uh, yeah, I, I totally agree. There's a lot of pressure. You mentioned Judge. When does this get done? What does this contract look like? Boy, Yankees, I understand not wanting to give him a lot of money because he was hurt. He's older, but they put themselves in a bind here where they cannot afford from a financial standpoint to let him go. Uh, how do you think this plays out here with the Judge contract? Well, yeah, I mean, he's he's really he's really he's really put the hammer down um, and done a tremendous job in this final season of the before his free agency. And they they cannot. This is a this is a game changer. This guy is a franchise game changer. Um, and the problem is that he's going to want the same amount of, you know, he's going to want that 10 year contract, that three hundred million dollar number, that round number. Um, and that's going to be tough given his age. I think that if he stays healthy the rest of the year, he can put a, he can kind of put to rest those concerns about his body holding up and his injuries. Um, but you can't get past the fact that he's he's over thirty. You know, he's he's going to be thirty one next season, I believe. Um, and uh, and I can maybe see him in the range of like an eight to nine year contract, like maybe two eighty or something like that. Where I don't know if the Yankees could go to that three hundred. Um, and, uh, you just hate to see it because he is a homegrown guy. Um, and he has really blossomed in New York. He's become the face of the face, of the city almost, you know, um, and certainly the face of this franchise right now. And forgetting the bat, the, the baseball aspect of it. I mean, fans know this, you go to a game, it's $50 to park. Uh, they're valued at, at $7 billion. So to lose a guy for money, that's this good. That's going to be a tough one to sell to the fans, especially when you have the Dodgers out there, you have the Mets out there. Boy, can you imagine if yeah. you ever went to the Mets all the way across town? I mean, Cohen would love to stick it to the Yankees. He would love to stick it to the Yankees. So uh, that would be a tough one for Yankee fans. Yeah, certainly. Um, and then you also, you know, there's a lot, there's a lot of teams that would love to have judge. I mean, you, yeah. there's also the giants out there, you know, going back to his hometown um, out there on the West coast. And that would, that would, I think it would just be, it would, I would actually be shocked if the Yankees don't retain him, but um I, I hate to say that right now and uh, be exposed with, you know, Cole takes exposed in, in a couple months, but, uh, but I, I'm really thinking that the Yankees are going to do everything they can to, to keep them. Yeah, I, I would agree with you. Uh, a couple quick ones before we get you out of here, the MVP race. Otani's pitched great. His last four starts. Now people can say, you know what, his record, his team's record um, is such that he shouldn't be a candidate. There's voter fatigue judges having a great year. How do you break down this MVP race and how do you think this plays out? Um, well, I'm really excited because it is just so wide open and we really haven't, you know, last year kind of Otani kind of ran away with it. You know, he was just doing these crazy things um, that no one had ever seen before. And he was, 
you know, at the top of every headline in every newspaper. Um, but right now, and a judge, you have to say, is the front runner. Uh, he leads MLB in home runs. He's also top five in the American League in slugging, OPS, RBI. And he does play for the best team in baseball. Um, but like you said, Shohei Otani, he had a tremendous June. Um, he's really coming on strong. Then you've got Jose Ramirez, who seems to be carrying the, uh, the Guardians um, on his back. Uh, and then Rafael Devers, um, if the if Red Sox do end up making the playoffs, which it looks like they're, you know, they're in pretty good position, um, he's been the key to their offense there. And then you can't count out Mike Trout. I mean, how can you ever not put Mike Trout in the MVP race? Um, and then obviously, with you look at the second best team in the in the AL, it's the Houston Astros, and you got Jordan Jordan Alvarez there. Um, he is a DH primarily, but his impact is just incredible for that team. Um, so I think it's going to be a really close race, and it probably will depend on how much history can the Yankees make. And if the Yankees do make history, if they end up winning, I'd say 112, 113, 14 games, and Judge gets, you know, six, you know, in that like high 50s, maybe 60 home runs, um, he's going to win. But if he doesn't, you know, reach those historic numbers. Um, there's certainly a chance for any of those other guys that I mentioned uh, to be uh, to be AL MVP. Speaking of close races, the Mets once led by 10 and a half games. <laughs> it is now down to three and worse uh, for the Mets. The Braves get the national seven times in the next week and a half. Uh, how do you handicap, the, handicap this NL East race? Wow, this is going to be fun to watch. <laughs> and I'm glad that I'm watching it, you know, from afar, not as a Mets fan or a Braves or whoever. Um, it's clear it's a two-team race, you know, the Mets and the Braves. Um, and I, like you said, the, the Braves do have the momentum right now. Um, they cut that that 10 and a half game lead to three. Um, but, you know, the Mets, still, they still are in front. Um, they have an extremely strong and balanced team. Um, and uh, the best thing is that, there's 15 games remaining between those two teams for the rest of the season. So they're going to be able to play out the race between each other. Um, it's not going to be, I, I think that the Mets have a slightly easier schedule if you looked at remain, remaining opponent's record. Um, but, you know, you can't, the, the big thing is that they are going to, they do have those 15 games remaining um, and that they are extremely close. If you look at runs scored, runs allowed. I think they're, you know, just like a couple runs um, separated in both of those categories. So it's going to be really fun to watch. Last question. And it's a broad question, but it's the question on everybody's mind, everyone that follows you on Twitter. Uh, so I have to ask it, where the hell, where the hell do you come up with all these stats? Because they're so random. They're so <laughs> interesting. Uh, what's sort of your process like in discerning all of this information and spitting out these just incredible stats? Um, well, I, I've got a, a weird brain in that I'm constantly thinking about stats and baseball and, and, you know, when is the last time this thing happened and, and wow, that's so cool. You know, like, I can't believe he's, you know, this guy's doing this. Um, but honestly, I, you know, I, I get a lot of my stats, um, from baseball reference, um, baseballreference.com, which is a tremendous resource. And there's also a, a subscription service. Um, for that is that is uh, associated with baseball reference called Stathead, um, which I do work for. I, I will admit I am a I'm a company man here. Um, and uh, that just is is an amazing resource to be able to look up stats extremely quickly. Um, and I don't know, I've just always loved it. Um, I used to work for ESPN, so this was my job 20, you know, 24 hours a day was looking up stats. Um, 
And uh, it's just been a passion of mine for basically as long as I can remember. Well, Katie, I've been a fan of yours for years. This was a lot of fun. Thank you for coming on. Uh, hopefully we'll catch up again down the road. Why don't you let everyone know uh, where they can catch your work? Yeah, you can just, um, best place to do is uh, just follow me on Twitter. It's KT, the letters KT sharp. Um, and uh, yeah, I tweet, I tweet a lot about the Yankees, but I also tweet a lot about, you know, other, uh, other baseball stuff. And then in the off season, uh, I'm a huge uh, basketball, football, um, college basketball, college football, NFL, NBA, anything. Um, so yeah, just hit me up on Twitter. If you, if you have any questions, Katie, thank you so much. Hopefully we'll do this again soon. Appreciate you coming on. Have a good one. All right. Thanks so much. All right. Thank you guys for listening. Thank you to Katie Sharp. Enjoyed having her on. That was a lot of fun. Enjoy your weekend. Enjoy the Yankees, Red Sox, all the baseball. Uh, well, before you know it, it'll be Mets, Braves on Monday. So that should be a lot of fun. We'll spend a lot of time on that. Thanks for listening. Don't forget to download, rate, review, subscribe. Go to Apple, go to Spotify, leave us a five-star review. It would be much appreciated. We'll see you next time. This is the New York City Cast presented by Bet River Sportsbook.